0: back again to Podiatry Today Podcasts, where we bring you the latest in foot and ankle medicine and surgery from leaders in the field. We are so glad to have Wendy Cole, DPM, back with us again today, this time sharing timely and vital information regarding the COVID-19 pandemic as it relates to patients with diabetes. Dr. Cole is an adjunct professor and director of wound care research at the Kent State University School of Podiatric Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Dr. Cole. The COVID-19 pandemic is such an important topic across all specialties of medicine. However, there are some aspects that are especially applicable to podiatry. To start, could you provide our listeners, Dr. Cole, with a brief background on how the coronavirus affects the body systems? Well, of course.
1: So COVID-19 is caused by, of course, the novel coronavirus, also known as SARS-CoV-2, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. And we know that it's really rapidly spread across the world in the past year. Uh, The dissemination mechanism of the virus is primarily through transmission of respiratory droplets between people. The incubation time is on average between six and eight days, followed by one to two weeks of symptomatic disease. The majority of COVID 19 positive patients will present with symptoms of acute respiratory illness, which include fever, body aches, lethargy, dry cough, and breathing difficulties. Um, it appears that the novel coronavirus may impact more than just the lungs, especially in severe. Cases. We have heard reports from clinicians in the US and really all across the globe uh, where patients suffer from kidney damage, liver dysfunction, heart problems, and uh, blood clots such as uh, DBT. So we know that the COVID 19 uh, virus can really affect all systems. A proportion of the patients infected with COVID-19 are asymptomatic or exhibit only mild symptoms, but we should really be aware that they are equally infectious as those with the severe cases. So as true for so many aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic, information on clinical complications and uh, the systemic complications caused by this virus has really evolved over the past year. It should be noted that the entry of the SARS-CoV-2 virus enters into the system uh, through a really complex process. The initial step involves the virus binding to cell surfaces via the angiotensin-converting enzyme 2 or ACE2 receptor. Ace-2 is a protein that's on the surface of many types of cells, including those found in tissues of the lung, heart, blood vessels, kidneys, livers, and the GI tract. So that's why all of those symptoms, all those uh, systems rather, can be infected and affected uh, by the coronavirus. ACE2 is very abundant in epithelium uh, found in the nose, the mouth and the lungs, and those are the most common sites for the coronavirus entry. It's sort of like a key that's inserted into a lock, the virus fuses to these cell surfaces. This protein provides the entry point for the coronavirus to kind of hook into and infect really a wide variety of human cells.
0: We've been told that persons over 65 years old are at an increased risk for contracting COVID-19. Do persons with diabetes also have an increased risk? Yeah, in fact, that is true.
1: Patients with diabetes uh, are at an increased risk. Diabetes, unfortunately, is one of the leading causes of morbidity and mortality worldwide, and the number of newly diagnosed cases of diabetes continues to be on the rise. Diabetes is a metabolic disease, as you know, and it's characterized by impaired glucose metabolism. Uh, and this results in higher than normal glucose levels in the body. This condition occurs uh, due to either cells failing to produce insulin or really lacking the response to insulin, or it could be a bit of both. This increase in diabetes among Americans and, and people worldwide has had a serious negative effect on the overall cost of healthcare uh, on our society and really the economy as well. An interesting fact, a study showed that after you adjust for inflation, medical costs of diabetes in the U.S. increased by 26%. One when they looked at the cost of, of healthcare from 2012 to 2017. And this is most likely due to the increased prevalence of diabetes and the increased cost to treat persons with diabetes. So historically, people with diabetes have exhibited uh, increased risk and susceptibility to any and all infectious diseases, such as staph aureus and tuberculosis. And what we think this is caused by is a compromised immunity seen in patients with diabetes. We see that patients with diabetes also have other comorbidities like hypertension and obesity. And this also uh, compounds the likelihood that they will be infected and are at greater risk for complications and death uh, due to the COVID-19 virus.
0: In a recent article featured in Podiatry Today, we highlighted data from the Coronado study. Can you give our listeners an idea of what this study found? Absolutely.
1: So, you know, since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, health officials have really cautioned people uh, with diabetes uh, are at an increased risk for severe symptoms of COVID-19. As you mentioned, the recently published Coronado study really did appear to justify this warning this was the first study of its kind to specifically research the effect of diabetes on patients uh, after they were hospitalized with COVID-19. They looked at over 1300 subjects admitted to 53 public and private French hospitals and they looked at the time frame between March 10th and March 31st of 2020. Interestingly, uh, across all subjects in the study, one in 10 patients actually uh, died within seven days of hospitalization, while one in five had to be mechanically intubated by that point. It should be mentioned that only 18% of these subjects were able to be discharged to home by day seven. So the vast majority of them had severe complications. The majority of the subjects with the severe complications 89% of those actually had type 2 diabetes. And of these patients, 3% of the cases uh, were actually diagnosed with diabetes while they were hospitalized for COVID-19. So they looked at, at multiple factors of this patient population. Surprisingly, poor glycemic control was not associated with poor patient outcomes, but The presence of systemic complications of diabetes, advanced age, and increased body mass index did actually increase the severity of COVID-19 infection and the risk of mechanical ventilation in this patient population. The presence of uh, microvascular and macrovascular complications more than doubled the risk of death by day seven in this patient group. Microvascular complications, of course, uh, that consists of retinopathy, neuropathy, kidney disease, and small vessel peripheral arterial disease uh, were present in 47% of of the patients. And then macrovascular complications like cardiovascular disease, heart disease, and stroke were present in 41% of those patients. Patients that were at advanced age, so those 75 years and over, were 14 times more likely to die than patients that were under the age of 55. Respiratory conditions such as uh, obstructive sleep apnea almost tripled the risk of these patients dying within the first week of hospitalization. And I think the most significant finding was that increased BMI was positively and and really independently noted to be associated with intubation, ventilation, and really uh, consistent with poor patient uh, outcome and mortality. And the authors concluded that additional studies were needed to determine the link between obesity and the severe complications of, of the coronavirus
0: Do we know why the specific pathophysiology is associated with these risk factors?
1: Well, we can base it on some uh, previous uh, research for uh, the SARS infection, and data has shown that elevated glucose levels and diabetes mellitus were independent predictors of mortality and morbidity for SARS. Several potential mechanisms have been theorized that may explain that increase in susceptibility for COVID-19 Uh, in patients uh, that have diabetes as well. So the mechanisms that uh, we believe are at play is that there's an increased susceptibility for COVID-19 in patients that have diabetes because there's a higher affinity of cellular binding, and the virus can enter into the cells more efficiently. Uh, We also see that there's decreased in viral clearance in patients with diabetes, they have diminished T cell function and increased susceptibility to a hyperinflammatory or cytokine storm syndrome. This complicates things, especially when they have an increased risk or, or presence of a cardiovascular disease. This impaired immunity that we see uh, with patients with diabetes is often a result of a diminished T cell and macrophage activation. Previous studies have shown that patients having poor glycemic control experience uh, a decreased immune response. We can't fight off viral infections as well uh, as, as people with healthy immune systems. And so they're more susceptible to bacterial contamination, especially in the lungs. And I think it's the combination of these risk factors is likely the reason why patients with diabetes are at an increased risk for morbidity when it comes to COVID 19. Also, type 2 diabetes is widely believed to be a chronic low grade inflammatory disease. And this will also contribute to widespread immune system imbalances. Obesity is an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes, and uh, obesity-associated inflammation is a direct result of activation of immunity cells and adipose tissue, and this causes a release locally as well as uh, systemically. Therefore, obesity is known as a risk factor for surgical site infections, nosocomial infections, skin infections, and uh, upper respiratory infections. Persons that display excessive abdominal obesity can suffer from mechanical respiratory issues as well, such as sleep apnea, we had mentioned that earlier. And these uh, mechanical changes reduce ventilation and can cause asthma-like symptoms, wheezing, and uh, airway issues. And if you recall, subjects in the Coronado study that suffered from these conditions were three times more likely to die within the first week of hospitalization. So it's believed that this subset of patients, there's this change in secretion of of cytokines resulting really in induced and impaired immune response and increased susceptibility to the COVID-19 virus.
0: Well, we've covered quite a lot of material today, but are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, you know, we've talked about this before. Podiatric care
1: remains vital uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Podiatric physicians do provide essential services and care to at-risk populations. And patients with diabetes are probably some of the most at-risk patients that we see. And unfortunately, we know that diabetes uh, predisposes them to greater complications from the coronavirus infection. So we need to be uh, very careful and te- take steps uh, to limit the disruption of care. Uh, and this might mean performing services in a lower risk setting and to help limit patient morbidity and mortality through the implementation of a TRIOS system to categorize the needs of our patients with uh, diabetes, we can continue to manage the care of these at-risk patients. There are a lot of innovative therapies and you and I have discussed remote patient monitoring uh, previously in a a podcast and it really pairs well with alternative treatment sites and services such as home visits and mobile clinics and freestanding office sites. So we can uh, decrease the risk for these vulnerable patients with advanced comorbidities. And you know, we still have to continue to be diligent and think outside the walls of the hospital so we can continue to provide care for, for this at-risk patient population. And uh, really podiatric physicians have the opportunity to be very innovative and really undergo these advanced technology, em- embrace, I should say, these advanced technologies and these viral, virtual platforms uh, in diagnostic image devices, remote patient monitoring. You know, there's a lot of innovative ways to navigate this global healthcare crisis, and we can continue to benefit and care for our patients and, and help our practices alike.
0: That's so important, Dr. Cole, as I know many doctors are being forced to reevaluate how they can render care effectively and safely, especially for those patients most at risk, along with keeping their practices viable in these uncertain times. We'd like to thank Wendy Cole, DPM, again, for sharing her thoughts with us today on this important topic. And to the listeners, we hope you'll join us again next time on Podiatry Today Podcasts.